Hi, welcome to Warriors Off Court. I'm Ann Killian, and I am sitting here with Rusty Simmons, and we're talking about the day that the Warriors' fortunes changed forever. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. We're hitting the 10-year anniversary of that monumental day. It was June 25th, 2009, and... When we come back, we will talk about that day and everything it meant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Ann Killian. I'm a sports columnist with the San Francisco Chronicle, and I'm here with Rusty Simmons, the former Golden State Warriors beat writer. And we're talking about the 10 year anniversary of the day everything changed for the Golden State Warriors, the day Steph Curry was drafted. Rusty, what do you remember about that day? You were the beat writer. You'd been covering one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NBA. Um, what was the lead up to that draft? Did you have any sense then that that everything was going to change? No, not at all. Um, and this has been a fun assignment because I know it was only a decade ago, but it feels like so much longer. Um, it's two ankle surgeries later. It's three championships later um, and, and a lot of dysfunction in between. Um, and I'd be be silly to say that I knew it was going to change everything because nobody in the Warriors organization knew it was going to change anything. The Warriors had had uh, high draft picks in the past. Um, they were two years removed from the We Believe season. And we knew it was all, it was kind of the end of Don Nelson's tenure. Um, I don't know that, I don't have any recollection of thinking that a real game changer was involved in the draft. Um, there were some big names in that draft. Blake Griffin went number one. James Harden was there. Um, but, you know, I think I think we were so accustomed at that time to just, the Warriors have high draft picks. They usually blow their high draft picks. Nothing really changes. Another couple of years of dysfunction. Um, was there any reason to think that it was going to be different that year? No, there wasn't. Um, there was. There were some new people in charge. It, this was a, a year after Larry Riley had moved from Don Nelson's bench to an executive seat. Um, and he had worked previously in Vancouver and was known around the league as a, a top-notch evaluator. So there were some signs that maybe the way that they went about the draft process would be different. Um, but even in doing the research for this story, Larry Riley admitted that if Stephen Curry wasn't there, they were going to take Jordan Hill, who's had no impact on the league and is now out of it. So they were they were that close to making what a transformational change for the franchise versus what we knew of the Warriors, which draft a big guy that doesn't play well. Now, we knew about Steph Curry, most of us who pay casual attention to college basketball, because he had taken Davidson on an amazing run, but that had been as a sophomore. And he had come back for his junior year um, and and – they didn't they didn't even make the NCAA tournament his his junior year. They made it to the NIT. He actually um, came out here and played St. Mary's. And it's funny because Steph has um, since said that was the first time he ever 
came to the Bay Area, the first time he ever went to the East Bay, he stayed at the Walnut Creek Marriott. He, which is, you know, he's lived basically in Walnut Creek for most of the last uh, four years or five years. Um, so that was, he had no idea that he was having a little preview of his life. But um, you talked to Don Nelson a little bit about that St. Mary's NIT game. Yeah, I did. And uh, that was the first time that Coach Nelson had seen him in person. Uh, Larry Riley jokes that he had sent Nelly 30 different game videos of Stephen Curry to say, hey, watch this. You'll you'll like this kid. But that was the first time that, that Nelly had seen him in person. Um, and I think because that's the game they saw him in person, that that's the one they, they refer to a lot. But Riley says he was convinced of Stephen Curry at a random game against Purdue that was played in Indianapolis. And it was because of Purdue's playing style that they played rough and tough and all the nobody nobody was questioning Stephen Curry's shooting ability what they questioned was was he big enough uh if he has to play shooting guard is he strong enough and Purdue roughed Stephen Curry up in this game and and like we see now from him he never stops clutching grabbing nothing ever stops him and that was the day that Larry Riley became convinced he was an NBA player but when Don Nelson went to that MIT game he he talked to you about that. He did. Let's hear that. We got a chance to see him in person, but I watched a lot of film of him before that, and uh, I liked him. But man, I fell in love with him against uh, St. Mary's. He, he just had an outstanding game. They got beat that particular night, but boy, I saw a superstar that night. So there was intrigue. There was interest. People around the um, NBA were noticing Steph Curry, um, which is funny because there's another guy who was noticing Steph Curry. And he, at the time, happened to be the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, Steve Kerr. And he had scouted Steph Curry. He and Q, Bruce Frazier, who was on his staff in Phoenix, had gone to the Wooden Classic in Anaheim. um, And I believe that was uh, Steph's sophomore year. And Steve used to play against Dell, Steph's dad, knew him. They would guard each other and known him for years. And he runs into Steph and Sonia uh, in in the uh, arena, and Dell introduces him to Sonia, and Sonia grabs him, and and says something that is really hilarious. Now Sonia says, "Oh, do you think Steph can make the NBA?" <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> I love that. Do you think Steph can make the NBA? And what did you say? I said, "Hell yeah!" That's all I kind of remember is him saying, "I." sure do mm-hmm. um and i was just like holy crap he said that my son you know but and that was kind of the beginning of when we i really realized teams nba teams are actually looking at him so they're super intrigued everyone's kind of intrigued behind the scenes and the new york knicks are really intrigued because they need a star and they're, they're the new york knicks and you know nothing ever goes right for them so steph is one of those those young players who has a team around him. His team happens to include his father who played in the NBA. So he has a lot more knowledge about the NBA, a lot more um, uh, expertise maybe on his team than maybe some young players do. And um, his, his father did not want him to work out for the Warriors. He did not want him to be drafted by the Warriors. Um, and were you aware of that at the time as a beat writer that this young baby faced 11 year old looking kid was refusing to even 
work out for the team that you cover? Yeah, we were aware of it. And, and at that time, it happened quite a bit to the Warriors that, that agents or, or players' parents would keep them away from the Oakland facility in hopes that that meant that the team wouldn't draft them. And I think that was what Curry's intention was, that I think he worked out for Washington, who eventually traded that pick to Minnesota, um, and, and worked out for New York, obviously. But, but his idea was to get past that fifth pick with Minnesota and to get past the seventh pick with, with the Warriors so that he could get to New York. Yeah, and, and Dell says now, I, I spoke with him, and he, he says now that it was really, um, most of the, the reasoning was driven by the fact that Mike D'Antoni was the coach in New York, and Mike had been incredibly successful with Steve Nash in Phoenix and just seemed to run the kind of system that would work for Steph. Um, just seemed like that would be a good fit, and, and when you're a young player um, – and you're trying to come out of, you know, come into the league, you want a, a system that's going to benefit you, obviously. Sure. Now, Dell also mentioned that, you know, there was dysfunction at Golden State, and he really didn't want his kid to be swallowed up in that, um, and that a young player, you know, you're just trying to make it, and if you get in the wrong situation, you can be in and out of the league before you know it. Uh, let's listen to what Dell has to say about that. So I remember Minnesota, um, one of the coaches, the assistant coaches that I knew called me. I know that he's a good friend, and I called him, and I told him that, you know, um, Steph didn't want to play there, so um, they respected that, and that's why I think they took Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the day of the draft, Don mm-hmm. Nelson called me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told him we'd rather not have him here. Um, the team was, was not very good. Uh, had some, 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 the locker room wasn't the best. Uh, and we just thought, you know, Steph being an East Coast guy, that um, one on the East Coast, but not else. So if he's there, we're going to take him. I'm like, well, it's your, it's your choice. Um, so everything worked out for the best. I'm glad they did. Glad they didn't listen to me. So in the lead up to the draft, Dell has told Minnesota. And he knew one of the assistant coaches called them and said, no, thank you. Our, my kid does not want to go to Minnesota. They apparently listened to him. And um, and he didn't work out for Golden State. Meanwhile, Steve Kerr in his, you know, uh, in his office in, in Phoenix is co- concocting a plan where he's going to send Amari Stoudemire to the Warriors who could use a guy like Amari Stoudemire, right? I mean, they never had anyone who was a all, you know, at the time Stoudemire was an an all-star and a really good player. Send send him in in return for the draft pick, which then they would use to to take Steph Curry and they would have Steve Nash 2.0 and everything would be wonderful in Phoenix Suns lands. Every little kid would be running around with a Steph Curry jersey. Of course, they are now anyway because every little kid in the world is running around with a Steph Curry jersey on. But um you know, he thought that was going to be the big solution for the Phoenix Suns. Um, and here comes the morning of uh, the draft. What a weird day. Michael Jackson dies that day. So whatever happens in the draft is not making the front page of any newspaper in the country. And later on in that day, Farrah Fawcett dies. So it was a um, a bad celebrity death day, um, which... Ironically, it was the day that the Warriors were born, right? Um, but but Don Nelson calls Dell and says, if he's there, we're going to take him. And Dell's like, you know, well, he doesn't really want to play for you. And, and Nellie's like, we don't really care. He, if he's there, we're going to take him. 
And Nelly told you that, right? That yeah. So in the in the lead up to the draft, uh, every team does this, but you try to project out the rest. What the rest of the teams are going to do? Um, and Riley and Nelson found out the night before that Minnesota, with two picks in front of them, was going to draft two point guards, and remarkably, neither of those were going to be Stephen Curry. And so now, all of a sudden, Stephen Curry is in the equation for the Warriors. They had had conversations with Phoenix about trading that pick to Phoenix in, in exchange for Amari Stoudemire. There were a ton of health red flags with Amari Stoudemire, but they thought if we're trading Jordan Hill for Stoudemire, we'd do that. Um, but from the Warriors' perspective, they think that they were open with everybody on draft day when they called Curry's family and said, we're going to try to make this work. If he's there, we're taking him. Um, and David Griffin it was also in Phoenix with Steve Kerr working that whole draft out. And the Warriors believe they, they told them flat out that if Steph Curry's there, we're taking him the trades off. Yeah, so, um, and, and you just alluded to it, one of the great mysteries of, of the modern era, not just sports, but of the modern era in large, is what Minnesota was doing. Um, yes, Steph didn't work out for them. Yes, they knew he didn't want to play there. Yes, their GM joked that, you know, it's too cold there to play golf most of the year, So, and Steph is a golf guy. Uh, there they go. They have five and six and they take Ricky Rubio, and then they take Johnny Flynn. And Steph Curry is still sitting there. And now, I think most of us, in retrospect, didn't know what a big deal that was at the time, at the in the minute that it happened. But, oh, my goodness. I mean, to look at it now, to think, really? Steph Curry was sitting there. Yeah, and in talking to Larry Riley about that exact scenario, um, he says— Look, I I knew I had on reliable information the night before that this was going to happen. But until it happened, you just don't believe it. And his reaction to that moment of Minnesota taking two point guards, neither of them, Stephen Curry, is fantastic. I don't know about the rest of the room, but, man, <laughs> I know what was going on inside me. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, and even though I'd been told ahead of time, sometimes you get those things and they're too good to be true. And when they're too good to be true, often they are. But this one wasn't, and it, it did go that way. So then, shoot, that was just that was a tremendously easy pick, and it was um, it was a tremendous relief. So then we get to number seven, and David Stern announces that the Golden State Warriors have selected Stephen Curry, and there are reactions all around the league in Phoenix in their office. They're celebrating. They think that they just got Steph Curry. They're so fired up. They're pretty sure they're going to swing this deal with the hapless Warriors, right? In At Golden State, they're celebrating because they just got the guy that they actually really wanted. And Don Nelson is the king of deking, you know, the media about who they're going to draft. And this was the guy he wanted all along. In New York City at Madison Square Garden, they are booing they're, you know, as loud as they possibly can. It's hilarious. In fact, I think it's Stuart Scott who's doing the draft on ESPN says, who knew so many fans hated the Golden State Warriors? Because, of course, they thought the Knicks were going to get Steph Curry, and that was who they had their heart set on. So they're all booing, booing, going crazy. Um, Steph drops his head, and that was later interpreted as, Oh, he's totally bummed, but you know, we've since gotten to know him that he's a he's a spiritual guy. He was taking the moment in, saying a little prayer. 
Um, let's let's hear what he has to say about that minute. When I heard my name, the first thought was, wait, that's not the Knicks. The second thought was, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm in the NBA. The third idea was, like, this is unbelievable. And that was, like, in a split second, all those different reactions happened. Um, and part of just embracing the moment, obviously, my family at the table and everybody that goes through that experience is kind of overwhelming. Um, yeah. You don't really know how you're going to react. And then, of course, he hugs his family and uh, goes up and gets on that really ugly kind of navy cap with the orange W with the lightning bolt through it, that old that old uh, logo. And um, there he is. You know, he looks like he's 11 years old, looks mm-hmm. like he's never met a razor in his life. Um, little Steph Curry, who knew you're going to build a dynasty on that kid's shoulders, right? Oh, and he couldn't have known, right? Because whatever he wants to say about that moment where he looks down and looks disgusted about the the draft that just took place. He was only, that was only just starting his disappointment because only days after he gets drafted, Stephen Curry or Steven Jackson demands a trade and Monte Ellis says we can't play together. Right. And we'll get to that in a second. But, um, uh, yeah, he, he, it wasn't what he expected, but he didn't sleep that night, gets on a plane, comes out here, Nellie shows him around uh, Lake Merritt to, you know, that building that uh, Nellie lived in and eventually Steph lived there. Kind of look around. They have a press conference. They go to dinner in the city. um, And uh, and he was actually a little bit fired up because he had this girlfriend that he was dating, this actress girlfriend who was living in Los Angeles at the time. So all of a sudden it occurs to Steph like, whoa, I'm on the same coast as Aisha. And it's going to be way easier than flying back and forth across the country. So he did think of that as a bonus. Um, He got settled in. um, And then the fateful, I think it was August 28th, uh, media day, the first day that they all convene. We get to talk to them. um, And then um, uh, and then they have their practice and training camp starts, basically. And on that day, um, little Steph Curry comes out. No tattoos. Well, one little tiny tattoo on his wrist that you can't really see. Again, by that point, he looks like he's 11 and a half, maybe. <laughs> and uh, and he sits there and politely answers every question and is very fired up about playing with Monte and says all the right things. And he's done with his little session. And Monte Ellis, who was already kind of surly because he'd already gone through the whole thing with his... Um, his ankle injury, the scooter accident, the was he going to be suspended, was he not? Can you talk a little bit to that? Like Monte was kind of um, already in a difficult position with the team. Yeah, um, it was an interesting time uh, with the Warriors franchise in general because there was the We Believe season and they followed that up with a 48-win season where they just missed the playoffs. So it looked like the franchise was going in the right direction finally. Um, and then Baron Davis leaves for the Clippers. So Monte Ellis is going to be the guy. He's going to be the star of this team now. He's going to have the ball in his hands. Uh, then he gets in a scooter accident back home. First, he says that it's a basketball injury because uh, riding a scooter is not in his contract. Um, but the Warriors get to the bottom of it. They they find out the truth and they suspend him. And that, I think that's something that Monte probably never got over. Right. So Monte comes out, he's a little surly, and he says, it's never going to work. We can't play together. And it was like... Whoa, welcome to the dysfunctional Warriors, Steph Curry. And Steph said that uh, Raymond Ritter pulled him aside as he was leaving the building that day and said, uh, hey, you just might want to know, um, you might hear some things about what Monte said. And, um, you know, 
it was uh, exactly kind of the situation that that the Curry family and his team were hoping to avoid. And and like you said, also that same day, Stephen Jackson announces he he the guy who just signed a a, a contract like. 50 seconds beforehand announces that he wants to be traded. And we should explain to people who don't understand what media day is. This is where every team in the league comes out before their season starts and says, we're going to win the championship. Everything's perfect here. There's optimism everywhere. Yeah. This is going to be the year. It's all flowers and rainbows. Yeah. And, and instead they got a guy demanding a trade and a guy who says, there's no way this draft pick's going to work. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, so this is exactly what Del Curry was was concerned about, um, and we can we can hear what he had to say about that. You know, we thought about, oh, here we go. Okay, this is one of the reasons why you know we had concerns about him coming here because of the, the locker room and uh, things like that. So um, you know, we just a little cautious of, the, of that. But I, I, you know, he was prepared for for the league, being around the league, growing up his whole his career and his whole life. I think he he kind of knew as as well as he could what went on. Uh, but until you get in a situation, you really don't know. So that was one of our concerns, absolutely. He could get lost in the circumstances around the team. So it turns out Stephen Jackson got his wish about 15 days into the season. Um, he was traded. Uh, Monte and Steph coexisted for a little bit longer than that. Um, but I think that draft pick worked out pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, the interesting thing is that Going back and over this, everybody wants to tell you, oh, we knew, right? Don Nelson says, I thought he was going to be better than Steve Nash. Larry Riley says, oh, I was convinced he was our point guard for 10 years. Clint Azubuki says, oh, yeah, we knew he was going to be a superstar. But nobody knew. They didn't even know years later, two ankle surgeries later, uh, or his first contract later. It, it took years for people to understand that this was going to work. And I think there's always kind of that thing in the back of Warriors fans' minds that if it can go wrong for the Warriors, it will. Yeah, and certainly Steph faced that for the first couple of years of his of his career here with the ankles, with with the issues, with you know, I mean, that's that's the beauty of what's happened for the last five years is that is that Steph, not Clay, not Draymond, not Andre, Steph has the institutional memory of just how bad it could be. He got the full dose slap right in the face of dysfunction. He had the the very few wins in the season. You know, Nelly was his coach. That's that's a weird thing in itself. Um, he he had he had the whole thing, and then of course, um, kind of culminating on the day that uh, Monte was traded for Bogut and um, and the booing of Joe Lacob and uh, and kind of that was the moment that things started to take off in the in the right direction right and i think everybody probably has a little bit of revisionist history on these things but i do believe larry riley when he says i knew we were taking a risk in drafting a guy who we weren't sure wanted to be here wouldn't even come work out for us um but we knew his makeup we knew his family and if somebody could handle the dysfunction that was here if somebody could change this thing around we thought it was stephen curry and that's probably true well, and that's absolutely true. Yeah. And 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 I talked to Dell a little bit because he knew what kind of a kid his his son is and he knew what kind of a leader he could be, you know, in high school and at Davidson. Granted, very different than leading an NBA team, but and it took a couple years, but but really you started to see long before the winning, you started to see Steph setting the tone and the culture for the team. And I don't care what you say about 
uh, trades or smart draft picks or Lakeup's money or Steve Kerr's brilliance or Bob Myers. The most important fundamental building block of this team is Steph Curry and not just Steph Curry on the on the court. Steph Curry, the person who kind of made it all happen, who was who made the backcourt with Clay happen. He was willing to make the backcourt with Monte work, but, you know, made the backcourt with Clay happen, made the Kevin Durant um, acquisition happen in a way that, you know, a lot of stars wouldn't just has made the whole culture work and and function in a in at such a high level. And I think, you know, I don't think Larry Riley and Don Nelson could see that. Right. That's who Steph Curry is. I think his dad knew that. And and I and Don Nelson at the end of even at the end of Curry's rookie year, you gotta remember they had so many injuries that season. They ended up using twenty guys on the roster that year. They were so beat up. And at the end of the year, it's basically Stephen Curry, Monte Ellis, and a bunch of G League players. And Don Nelson started calling those guys Curry boys. And in every city they went to, here is guys who have been trying to get to the league. Here's veterans, and they're all asking Stephen, what are we doing? Where are we going? And you could already see that he was a player magnet, that he was a guy who no, we couldn't have predicted that that meant that he was going to bring in Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant eventually. But you could already see that people wanted to play with him. They respected his work ethic and they respected who he was. Yeah. So the nobody could predict three championships, five straight finals, two MVPs, one unanimous. That was out of everyone's wildest dreams. But I think Del Curry thought that his son could be an NBA player could be successful. Steve Kerr said to his mom, of course, he can play in the NBA. But it's what what's happened. You no one could have predicted 10 years ago. There's no chance of it. And and like Dell said, I said, asked him, what what if he'd gone to the Knicks? Seems like, well, you know, just be careful what you wish for, because that would have been a nightmare. And of course, Steve Kerr now is like so happy he didn't get what he wished for, because everything ironically worked out perfectly for him. Fast forward a couple of years and he's coaching this kid that he wanted to draft so much. I think that's funny how the basketball gods work, too, because Steve Kerr is a GM in Phoenix, thought he had Stephen Curry. He almost took the head coaching job in New York, who almost got Stephen Curry. And then he comes to the Warriors, so he gets to work with Stephen Curry. And the basketball gods always made sure that that was going to happen. They were going to link up at some point. Well, we know Steve Kerr believes in the basketball gods, and that's probably the reason number one that he does. So anyway, if you're listening to this on on, uh, June 25th or even a couple days later, pop a bottle of champagne in celebration of – Steph Curry, the man who changed everything for the Warriors, drafted 10 years ago today, and who could have predicted it? All right, Rusty Simmons, thanks for taking a little trip down memory lane with me. For more coverage of the Steph Curry anniversary of his draft, look at sfchronicle.com or pick up the Chronicle. I'm Ann Killian. Thanks for joining us. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.